1: My guest is comedy magician Adam London, performing in the Adam London Afternoon Show in the venue at, yes. the, or- Yay! Yay! at the Orleans <laughs> Thursdays through Sundays at 4 p.m. For ticket information, go to adamlondon.vegas or orleanscasino.com. And you can follow him on Twitter at Adam magic. And Adam, welcome to the show.
0: Thanks for having me, Ira.
1: Absolutely. I'm sure you've been asked this a thousand times. How did you get started in magic?
0: Oh, that's a great question. And one that I don't mind sharing. My grandpa was an amateur magician. Uh, he would do little card tricks around the house to get us to come over to do yard work. Uh, so I was a really stupid kid uh, in in the sense that I didn't work for money. I worked for grandpa teaching me a couple of magic tricks.
1: <laughs> okay. So you were not working for him to show you the trick so much as to show you how it was done.
0: Right. Exactly. I like it.
1: I like it. Did he ever show you the French drop?
0: French drop was a very popular, very popular trick. He was really good at card tricks, though. Years earlier, he brought, he bought a VHS tape. Remember those VHS tapes? He bought a, VH ta- a VHS tape of Kres- Kreskin, Kreskin The Amazing Kreskin, Kreskin. So, yes. yeah, the amazing Creskin. and and he that that's where he picked up all of his card tricks, and he was pretty good.
1: So, did he ever buy and show you any of the mechanical card tricks?
0: A couple, but not. He didn't get really too technical. Like he would work on a like the best technical thing that he did was a good double lift, and that was about it. <laughs>
1: yeah, That's fair.
0: <laughs> yeah, he did a lot of math card tricks that were excellent. So, but yeah, when it came to like technical magic, that wasn't really his. wasn't really his thing. <laughs>
1: so, not to get too much into the weeds, did he ever show you the invisible deck?
0: Uh, no, because the invisible deck, like he didn't he didn't like to work with Spingali decks or any of those. He thought that that was, you know, he's like, nah. I want to be like, I want to do real card magic and do real tricks with with a deck of cards. It's not a trick deck. So that was kind of his kind of his thing. Actually, as he got a little bit older in his older years, one of his favorite card magicians was Juan Tamariz. Juan Tamariz, and he's phenomenal. And that guy doesn't need a trick deck. I mean, he just does it with a normal deck of cards. So he's well, pretty yeah, When you have
1: talent, you don't have to worry about those
0: yeah. kind of decks. Yeah.
1: That's why I use mechanical decks. So there you go. Right. So after you flunked out of grammar school, is that when you decided to become a magician? up. exactly.
0: You're true. I mean, you've got a point there. Uh, no, so my, my, uh, my, so my grandparents were always like supportive of 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 magic and supportive of my art and then um, my parents were also really supportive of it too and the reason that i ended up here in las vegas was well wait a minute don't
1: don't jump ahead because that was one of my next questions about how you got how you got here let's let's stay with how you got into magic so
0: (laughs) okay fair enough so grandpa was the amateur magician. That's how I got so uh, got started at. So when I did fail out of grammar school, uh, <laughs> it was grandpa that kept me going and was very supportive, as were my parents.
1: But well, when did you decide to go full time into magic? Ooh. Like how uh, that is how a good old? question.
0: Yeah. Um probably after I graduated college. After I graduated college, that's when I was like, hey, this I'm gonna pursue this. This is this is what I'm gonna do.
1: Oh, sure. Four years of political science, and now you're going to just go ahead and go a whole other direction. And I'm sure everybody that paid for your college was, your parents were just thrilled about that, but okay. Oh,
0: were, well, so it was this or, so my degree is in musical theater.
1: Oh, close to political science. Yes.
0: Exactly. So my parents are ticked. Uh, so, and, and then I and then I went and just, you know, I did comedy clubs when I just got started out. And that it just kind of worked out in my favor, so.
1: Well, yeah, because you combine, and that's the thing. A lot of magicians just do magic, but some magicians have comedy as, as an integral part of their act. And that's you, right. you decided to add that, was it, from your experience in the comedy clubs?
0: I, I would say yes.
1: Well, what would I say? That's more important. I'm the host.
0: It, well, it, it is more important. I agree with you. Uh, I think that, so I'm a bigger guy, Ira, you know, me. I'm a a larger guy. I, I, uh, I have no hair. I'm not a David. I'm not David Copperfield. You know what I mean? I don't have sex appeal, you know, unless you're married to me, but like, this is, this is what you get. And so, you know, you don't see a lot of fat illusionists, correct. You know, doing creepy, crazy. I, I mean, I do it on stage because it's funny. But yeah, I, I just could never be the illusionist type. My body's not right for it. <laughs> so what you're
1: saying is you could be slightly attractive, but you chose the other path.
0: That's that's it.
1: Yeah. And it seems to have worked for you, with the exception, of course, of your lovely bride who decided to marry you despite all these things you brought out to right. the rest of us. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So now, <laughs> now comes the question that you started to answer before I asked it. But see, I have a certain sequence in my head of where I'm going. I got it. (laughs) So how did you end up in Las Vegas?
0: So that perfect question. So uh, (laughs) I I got an associate's degree from, uh, from Dixie State College in St. George, Utah. And then it was go to ASU where it's hot or go to Las Vegas where it's hotter. And I, uh, I, I chose uh, I chose UNLV. And so I am I'm just shocked that you
1: there. got I'm just shocked you got an associate's degree at a at a state college. I thought you had to yeah. go to a community college for that.
0: Well well and they were a state co- I mean they were a community college then a state college. Now they're a full university, Dixie State University, DSU. But when I was there it was Dixie State College and they only had an associate of arts degree in theater performance. And I knew that I wanted to go into theater because I knew that I would do so well in musical theater. <laughs> of
1: course, You're, that's what your parents thought too when they when they subsidized your college
0: education. <laughs> I, should, because- <laughs> I should also mention I'm the youngest of four and the first kid in my family to get a degree. And then after I rubbed it into all of my siblings' faces, then they went back to college and got uh, got a degree. But theirs are lamer than mine Are uh, Ira? They have degrees in political science and, <laughs> I knew it was and communications. <laughs> now,
1: you're the youngest of the four, but you're the biggest of the four, right?
0: That, that's true. Yeah, yes. so
1: your choices are correct when it comes to the comedy magic. I, I get it now. I get it. <laughs> so going to school in Utah, does that mean at least half your audience are Mormons? I mean, how does that, so that work?
0: That's ex- You hit it 100% on the nose. How did you know? I mean, half of, my, half of my church's congregation were half of my audiences most of the time. <laughs> so, like I, already, I always knew Cousin Jethro, and Cousin Becky, right? and Mom Jennifer, and Mom Jennifer, and Mom Jennifer, you know what I mean? So,
1: <laughs> now, you do something in Las Vegas that I'm not going to say is unique because there's another magician in town that's been doing it for the last 122 years, Matt King, but you that's also right. are doing what is considered unique, an afternoon show. Yeah. And it's at 4 p.m. And that works well for you, doesn't it? You've been doing it a long time. Now you're at the Orleans, but you're at previously you were at other locations. So it clearly is a is a niche for you.
0: It is. It is. Well, and and like Matt King, we do really well with the family audiences. You know, my show's 100 percent family friendly. You don't feel uncomfortable bringing, you know, your grandma to the show and then, a you know, a five year old to the show. In fact, today we're at my we're at the at the venue today at the Orleans. And half of my audience were little kids, and the other half were, you know, young 20-somethings and all the way up to grandma age. And, you know, it's just a show that everybody can enjoy without, you know, the language and, you know. No, it
1: makes a lot of sense. It's definitely a a market segment. And I've talked to several comedians who work clean, and clearly it's an advantage because you can get to a wider, including corporate gigs too.
0: Right, right. As well. Well, it's... a. it was, uh, the, there was a, a great comedian by the name of Peter Berman, who still does comedy. And he told me, he's like, Adam, always work clean. And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, oh, he's like, clean comedians. will you'll book more gigs than any dirty, filthy comedian will ever book. And I was like, yeah, but, and he's like, no, no, always work clean. And I don't know if I always worked pretty clean, but it wasn't until a little bit later that I discovered he's right.
1: Did he also give you the advice to lose hair? Or is that your own choice?
0: No, this is totally my own choice. In fact, so I I met my wife. I wore a hat on my first date, so she couldn't see that I was bald. But I have, uh, in fact, there was a little kid today that asked me how much of my hair is real and how much is just skin. And I said, well, it's all skin, but it's really silly. I have this pattern bald spot right through the middle. And then right here in the center, I have a unicorn. So like, like this island. And he's like, well, have you ever considered growing your hair out? And I said, nope. nope.
1: <laughs> but is I it your, even more ridiculous? <laughs> is that your real scalp or is that an artificial scalp? <laughs> <laughs>
0: exactly right. So is that your scalp or is that just your pretend wig? What right, exactly. Up there?
1: <laughs> now, what's, uh, what's interesting from a challenging point of view is that because you work clean and because you work the crowd... Otherwise known as crowd work, but you're having to improvise because you have different audience members come up to the stage.
0: Yeah. So, and and you always have to have outs on everything too. So even though the show I've done it for years, some people throw you a curveball. I got heckled by a lot of kids this weekend, and it was it was a party. And you know you just you can't be too mean to kids. If you're too mean to kids, the audience will turn on you. You can't be too mean to women because the audience will turn on you. You can be a jerk to a dude all day and the audience will love you, but you have to be careful when it comes to, you know, kids who heckle. I mean, you can smile and, you know, you. Say, I, I say a couple of things to them, but try to get them to shut up. And for the most part they do.
1: <laughs> but you have a way of, when you're saying an out, you have something in your, you already planned. And, and if you yeah. have to get out of a situation that's uncomfortable.
0: Yep. Yeah. 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 So sense. like in, in magic, as you know, you, you you have to have, you know, plan A, B, C, or D in order to, you know, to survive. If you don't, then you're doomed.
1: <laughs> how do people find out about your show? B, okay. A, yes, you've been performing many years in Las Vegas and very successfully, but how do you, you're competing with major productions and you're competing with the strip and downtown and all of that. How do you get the word out about Adam London?
0: Uh, that, that, that is a really good question. And that, Right there is, I think, one of the most difficult things as a magician in Las Vegas, because there's so many magic shows you can go and see here. And it really comes down to, like, good marketing. And I'm I'm fortunate to be working with a company, Ivory Star Productions, who's really great at marketing. I mean, if you don't have butts and seats for a show in this town, you don't have a show. Right. I mean, you have a show, but how are you doing with that show? Are people coming in? Are you making money on it? Not that that's what's important, but you got to get butts and seats in order to have a show.
1: Have you thought about appealing to a continental audience by changing your name to Adam Paris? (laughs) I'm just thinking of
0: these ideas for you, Adam. (laughs) This is, this is another funny story. My wife, she, we, we, we found out we were going to have our our daughter, our first daughter, I have four kids. I'm from Utah. I have to, you have to have at least four. And so my my wife, I said, well, what about, I, I was just in Sydney, Australia doing a show. And I, I said, well, what about Sydney? That's a great name. And she looked at me and she goes, we are not giving our child, our daughter, two names of cities. And I went, oh, I guess you're right. <laughs> Sydney, London.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you forgot about your last name. Yes, that makes sense. Yeah, well, I
0: you- guess, I already. that's a good, that's a good thought. I could change it up. Yeah. Be Adam Paris, yeah. you know. And then, Adam Sidney, Adam, Sydney, yeah, Adam and then you, Burbank, you, you yeah.
1: You could move east and then all of a sudden yeah. <laughs> perform Adam, Adam Warsaw or whatever it is. So that could, that could work. So when you were putting your act together, and this is before you got to Las Vegas, clearly, you've been doing it a while, and you, you know, you obviously have a great sense of humor, which helps, especially when you're dealing, as you mentioned, with the kids who heckle you and you have to get out of that. So that does help to always maintain a sense of humor. But oh, yeah. when you're putting it all together, did you have in mind that you would eventually come to Las Vegas?
0: Yeah. So when I was a little boy, I remember watching um, uh, some of my favorite magicians were on TV in Las Vegas. And I always thought, gosh, it'd be fun to to go, go to Las Vegas and, and do a show. And it kind of worked out in my favor. UNLV, you know, I came down here for the musical theater degree and they were the ones that offered me a scholarship. So I stayed. And I got the degree and I knew that I wanted to be here in Las Vegas, but I loved performing too. And I was willing to go wherever I could. And so it helped, I think, I mean, I mean, as far as developing the act goes, yeah, you have a little, you have something, but then you take it on the road, you, you take it through different parts of the world. You take it, you know, that's what I was doing as a, as a stand-up comedian, traveling at different clubs throughout the U S is know you go and you perform in portland you go and you perform in washington you go and you perform in wyoming all of those crowds are are different but you're playing to like a certain demographic of those audiences but it's great because you're basically building your entire show the whole time and uh when i came back here some four years later you know i had a solid hour and that's that's how we got where we were are basically today so it's just working on little bits at different clubs and Putting a whole hour show together. That that was my process. Every every comic magician, every magician has a little bit different process, but that was that's how I did it.
1: Do you find that Las Vegas works for you as a base of operations, so that you clearly have a regular show here, and then occasionally, as you say, you go on the road? But it's easy to go on the road in a way. Not that you're going to be gone day after day after day, but you can fly out from Las Vegas to almost anywhere.
0: Yeah, I I I I like it here. When uh, when I started touring is when I first got married, and uh, my wife and I, our first few years of marriage, we used to joke, people would say, how long have you guys been married together? And she'd be like, uh, how long have we been married, or how long have we seen each other? <laughs>
1: yeah, of course.
0: <laughs> well, I, yeah, a, I was never here. I was gone a lot.
1: <laughs> I have an idea for you for another market segment, and that is, rather than tour various cities, why don't you just tour various Mormon temples around the country? <laughs>
0: I'm I'm very I'm very popular in the Latter Day Saint community. Every, I am. I'm like the Donny. I'm the new Donnie Osmond. Don't tell Donnie oh, I, said I won't
1: that. say a word. And I think he's got more hair than you.
0: He does. He's and, better looking too. And he's, he's a lot lighter. And yeah, he's a lot thinner
1: than you. Yeah, so I think that you're safe uh, from that situation. So that's good. <laughs> you could be known as the kind of rumpled Osmond. <laughs>
0: Adam London, not Donnie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Adam London, not Osmond. You know, so you could take the, the whole which aspect is of it.
0: Which, which is really cool because the Osmonds actually grew up in Ogden, Utah. And that's where I'm also from. I'm also from Ogden, Utah. So that's where they got started was in Ogden. And then, you know, of course, they moved to L.A. and everything like that to, to do their shows. But, yeah, we're all cut from... Probably the same polygamist
1: <laughs> father. <laughs> Don't let your wife hear that.
0: Because
1: <laughs> technically, you have about 24 children, actually.
0: That's right. <laughs> so
1: oh, <my> look at your wives. Who did you look to for inspiration? You mentioned some of the magicians you used to watch on television growing up, mm-hmm. and that, that who mm-hmm. were based in Las Vegas. Were there others that you looked to for inspiration or for a particular style of performance? <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Paul Daniels from the UK uh, was one of my favorites. Mac King. Obviously, everybody loves Mac. Mac's a good guy, good friend. Uh, I looked up to Mac. Fielding West, who's a common friend of both of ours. I think Fielding's awesome.
1: Very funny, man. And
0: I always like Fielding styles. Jeff Hobson is great. Nick Lewin is great. Gosh, those are favorite comic magicians. Now, favorite comedians... Are like Seinfeld. Gosh, I loved Seinfeld. Man, that guy's timing is awesome. Richard Pryor, even though he was super dirty and vulgar, I loved him. Bill Cosby, even though he's had his fair share of issues. I've always was a huge Bill Cosby fan. There are some great comedians out there that I've just admired and I've just loved learning from. You know, and I and I think that's again going back to process, is like, you know, a lot of a lot of magicians will start in their local magic clubs, and then develop funny patter, and then become a comic magician. I, I'm the opposite. I started in a comedy club. And so I like to think of myself as a funny magician, as opposed to a magician who is funny, if that even makes sense. Yeah, strangely so I,
1: strangely I, enough, it does make sense.
0: Yeah. So I, I, I would consider myself more comical than magical, I, I guess, but I've always been a fan of the art of magic and the art of comedy so it's just but i i was cut from a different cloth when it came to doing comedy first so
1: do you think again goes back to what we talked about earlier your lack of hair and those other elements of your physique <laughs> that caused you to focus on the comedy rather than the magic do you think it's that they wouldn't yes. take you seriously as a magician unless you added some of those humorous elements
0: <laughs> yes <laughs> Ira, why are we doing a yearly interview this is fun
1: (laughs) well i have been pretty much with fielding i think almost every year i do at least one we'll do one every year with you as well
0: oh he's (laughs) great Fielding's awesome i i've he's a great performer a really great guy that guy can get up anytime anywhere and he can perform and i admire that in that man like he'll you know, he's always got something on him, and he's always doing something. He's just—he's great. Building now, awesome. are you?
1: What you're saying is because of, let's say, your size, you have a trouble getting up to be funny. Is that what you're
0: saying? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: now, does your wife ever turn to you every couple of years after four kids and say, "You know, it's not too late to become a doctor." <laughs>
0: She's not said that yet okay, fortunately. Okay. I uh, no, she hasn't said that yet. Uh, she's great though. She's oh she's always been really supportive and I think that helps especially you know in the arts if you're doing like film or TV or anything like show business is a tough life Very tough. for a spouse. Yep. Of a spa- you, you know the 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 showbiz spouse, it's hard. You know because you never know when you're going to see you know you never know when you're going to be with them. My my parents always joke, they're like, when are you guys going to have kids? And my wife's like, when we see each other, <laughs> you know what I mean? like, <laughs> it's, just, it's just one of those things. Like, so it's a, it's a hard life for, a, spou- for a, a, a spouse, a performer of a spouse. Plus you have Wait, to have a spouse of a performer.
1: Right. You have to so ha- I so um, you have to have trust.
0: You do have to have a lot of trust. But she's always been supportive. And, I, you know, and she's an educator. And I've always been as supportive of her. And so it's 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 a win-win for both of us.
1: No, absolutely, and it's it's trust, it's communication, and I think too, as you talked about show business, it's not a steady income in a way. It can be one one month could be very high, next month low, one year good, one year bad. So for her to indulge you in your crazy life is pretty good.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's sometimes it's feast or famine. Fortunately, for right now, it's it's going really well. During COVID, it sucked. You know. I know a lot of performers ate through their savings, what they did have, and it was, it was, it was brutal for a lot of people. And so, you know, we had a nice little savings and that helped us out a lot. So, but yeah, that's it. You got to have the spouse to help you get through, you know, even bad shows. Like there are times where I come home and I'm like, oh, that show is crap. And, you know, she walks me through it. She's like, hey, but you're still performing. And I'm like, that's true. (laughs) Yeah, getting paid. Now, the opposite
1: (laughs) is true too. I would think when you have an outstanding show and you're walking on the clouds. And you come home, and it's reality time, and you're basking in the glory of the audience. And she (laughs) says, would you take the trash out? Because it's today. It has to go out today.
0: She'll kill me for telling this story. Years ago, I got a billboard, and it was on uh, Las Vegas Boulevard. And I made made everybody hop in the car, and we drove around it. And it was right by the, the Las Vegas sign. And so we went down, around, and then came back around. And we looked at the picture, and she's like, okay. So after the third time, she goes, you know, just when I didn't think your head could get big enough.
1: <laughs> you know, I confess, I would do the same thing. If I had a billboard, I would round up the family and drive around probably five times, not three, just to show, look, 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 look.
0: You your dad's on a billboard. Yeah, just when we think you, your head couldn't get big enough. Right.
1: Exactly. Do you get a chance to do any film work or television work because of your schedule?
0: You know what I did? Things have kind of, then, Vegas is really cool when it comes to film and TV. They get a lot of that coming through here. I was on a couple episodes of Raising Hope. Uh, I did a thing for Comedy Central. So it was it was a it was a fun little sitcom show that was on Fox for a while. But but you don't really you know I, Vegas is still taking its time getting back together. And- you don't see a lot of film and TV kind of, I mean, there's still, it comes through, but not like it did. Right. Take, so, it'll take
1: yes, a while it, for that to happen, yeah. I think. Yeah.
0: But if the, if, if, it, if the opportunity presented itself again, absolutely, I'd be over there doing it again. So, yeah. Do,
1: do you do a lot of writing for your act or is it more thinking about what you want to do in the act because a lot of it is ad libbed? Obviously, as you mentioned earlier, you've got some outs that you've got planned and mm-hmm. you have an opening that you do and a closing, but do you think a lot about adding? Material, whether they're comedy lines or another another illusion, that type of thing.
0: You, you, that, that's a good question. So yes, oftentimes Wait a minute, I'll yes switch.
1: to which part of my three part question.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I will write like general ideas down uh, and like ideas that I have for bits, but mostly it's just oh, I'll put it in my head and then kind of think it over and over. And I I don't write like I used to, and I need to. I always tell young comics, I'm like, you need to write. You need to write every day. Write every day. I don't even take that own advice. Like I'll come up with it, and I'll, I'll you know, if I have an idea, I'll I'll jot it down, and then kind of sketch something out, and then. But I, ideally, it's just it's in my head now.
1: But I think you're right. I think if you spend a little time, even if it's just 20 minutes, half an hour a day, putting ideas down. You can you can all, not only add to the act but you could create a separate act that you might use in certain situations.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: What's your take on magic in Las Vegas these days because again, you're a you're a genre or a subgenre of magic, it's comedy magic. Then there's the big illusions on stage and there's the in-between guys and so it's a whole mix. But what's your take on on magic today in Las Vegas in 2022?
0: So, we are a saturated market, which is great. Like every comic magician, every magician that's here, I'm—we're all working, and that's awesome. Like you don't, you know, uh, I, other magicians would be like, "Oh, well, there for I no, I welcome other magicians. Like that just shows that, you know, people are still going. People are still going to see shows. Like why would be? Why would we? Why should we bash each other? We should be celebrating each other's shows and going, "Hey, that's a great show." Let go see my other friends. Go see Farrell Dylan over here. Go see Tape Face. Go see. Murray Sawchuck. I mean, there's so many of us, but we're all filling seats. You know what I mean? So like I am I'm it's it's exciting. It's an exciting time for Las Vegas and for the art of magic, getting people here in the town.
1: Are you nervous (laughs) when you first come out on the stage?
0: Now, I I, you you know what, Ira, I used to I used to get really nervous uh, doing uh, I did. I I would always get really nerve wracking. And I I was always uh, and if I if I do a new a new piece in my show, I always, I always pull the rookie mistake of trying it to do like doing it first when I, you probably shouldn't, but you do it so you don't forget it. And anyway, so yes, I've made that rookie mistake, but like, I don't really get nervous anymore. I'll tell you where I get nervous. I get nervous, like in front of my peers, like that's when I get nervous. Like if other magicians are in town, like we just had the magic convention here at the Orleans about a month ago. And I knew about half the audience was there were magicians and I knew a lot of them. I was, yeah, then I was nervous. I was a little, uh, a little intimidated, you know, because you got some of these great magicians who are sitting in your audience and they're ready for you to entertain them. So I, I guess I do get a little jittery when, and a little nervous when, you know, people I know that are there, because you want to perform well in front of your peers, but for the most part, no, not anymore.
1: And last question, what do you look for in the future for Adam London in Las Vegas and in the world of magic and comedy?
0: Uh, You know, I, I really just hope that like the magic community will just keep getting bigger. One of the, one of the things that I've loved seeing, especially uh, at the magic live convention that was just here a month ago is there's more like women who are getting involved in magic. And 20 years ago, you didn't see that. There was like maybe a handful like Luna Shimada, Charlotte Pandragon. I mean, like that now there's like, like it's becoming a thing. And I'm like, that that's cool. Like seeing a little more diversity in the magic community besides a bunch of fat, bald guys doing <laughs> magic, you know? like it, It's its cool to see the art of magic becoming bigger and better and bigger and better. And you see some of these acts on America's Got Talent. Whew, they're good. They're really good. Uh, one of my favorite things that I like watching, I still, I love being fooled. I, I as a magician, I love being fooled. So if people fool me on a trick, I celebrate it. Other magicians kind of go, well, you know, you're no celebrate that, man. If you, if, if, if somebody fools you, let's show that you're fooled. Like, you know, better than that. You know what I mean? So I still like being fooled to this day. And, And some of the acts that I have seen, these younger acts, these younger kids, they're good. They're really good. They're giving us old guys a run for our money.
1: Both male and female. You have Jen Kramer at the Westgate, too.
0: That's right. Oh, that's right. Jen Kramer. And she's doing great over there. She's been there three or four years now. Right. She's been doing awesome. I think it's a great
1: way to leave it. My guest has been comedy magician Adam London, (laughs) performing in the Adam London afternoon show in the venue at the orleans thursdays through sundays at 4 p.m for ticket information go to adamlondon.vegas or orleanscasino.com and you can follow him on twitter at adam london magic adam thanks for being on the show
0: thanks for having me ira i appreciate it
1: see you next time
0: you've been listening to talk about las vegas with ira Each week, Ivory David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world.